Do you let fear hold you back? Fear of failing, fear of not being good enough, fear of disappointing people, fear of cancellations. On this episode, I'm chatting with one box owner who let all those fears stop her for years. But when she finally let go, amazing things happened. Come listen. Welcome to the Launch Your Box podcast with weekly tips, tricks, and strategies to start, launch, and grow your subscription box. Now, here's your host, Sarah Williams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a super special guest this morning. Um, she's a Launcher Box OG. We're going to tell you what that means in just a minute, but let me let her say hi to you. Debbie, say hi to our listeners this morning. Why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. My name is Debbie Poole. I own paintandwood.com, where I sell wood cutouts for all your crafting needs. And just two months ago, I launched a box called createhappybox.com. I'm so excited about this box. Like I, they're going to understand when they hear your story, how excited I am about this box. But I just told you that Debbie is an OG and I'm going to tell you what that means. So I started Launcher Box in August of 2019 and I started with 19 members and Debbie is one of those 19. She's one of the original 19. She's an OG, but her story is interesting because Debbie didn't start her subscription box right away. Um, Debbie didn't start it in the next year. Uh, Debbie started it just a few months ago. And so I want to talk a little bit with Debbie about that journey because some of us go through that journey. I went through a, a one-year journey of a lot of doubt of whether I could make this work or not. And I think a lot of people sitting there have, have these own fears. So Debbie, let's break down your journey from LauncherBox. You had an idea for a subscription box before you ever even joined LauncherBox and you had been sitting on it and you saw my ad or whatever was in front of you. And you said, okay, it's time. I'm going to do this. Let's go through the backstory of what happened over that 18 months. I am the type of person who sits and analyzes every decision, every idea to the fact where I can talk myself out of anything. I can actually talk myself out of, well, do I really need to use a bathroom right now? Or can I wait 15 or 10 minutes? But I just overanalyze. I start to talk myself out of it. I'm like, well, this isn't really a good idea. People already have a box like this. This already exists. And here's the thing. The box that I have now that I actually launched a couple months ago, was not my original idea. Nothing like it, was it? Nothing and, like it at and all. And you went through a few different ideas and you just said like, is this really a good idea? Should I be doing this? You said something to me that I, I just never have forgotten. Early on, you said, yeah, but Sarah, do people really need one more box? Like, come on, you're talking to me who's trying to teach all these people how to do a subscription box. And you're like, let's be real. Do people need one more box? And I'm like, yes, Debbie, they need your box. But you're spinning your wheels because you have all these different fears, right? Let's talk about those fears that come up. And they didn't all come up at one time. They were coming up at different times throughout your journey. Let's talk through some of that. What was your initial fear? My initial fear was, if, and like everybody else, is this just going to be a big fat fail? Because um, I had put the thought out there to my followers and kind of got their feedback a little bit. Not, I didn't really dive in deep with them, just an overall 
feeling like if they wanted the box and they did. But then my question is every thing that I thought of would be a great crafting box for them. It was already out there. I'm like, well, it's already being offered. Why would they want mine? Why would they want my box? What would make it set apart from everybody else? One thing I learned though, is you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Even though your box is similar or quite almost like everybody else, I'm not the only box out there that sells DIY kits for tier trays. Once I got to finally looking into that, but what drew people to me is because I already had a warm audience. They knew me. And what is so funny is that at a business conference about two years ago, a lady I'd never met before, I never talked to her anything. She had followed me and I didn't know that. It was very weird to me that somebody would come up to me in Nashville, Tennessee, but she said, you, I got your email that you was thinking about a box. I don't care what box it is. I will sign up. I want the box. And then it was like, oh, well, okay, that's weird. <laughs> but hey, you know, I, I, it started making me think that they're just not buying into a box. They're buying into the person who's putting the box out. So big thing is really good to know your audience, but fear of failure Mm-hmm. fear of um, I think we all I think we all uh, have fear of failure yeah. every one of us and I already had a kind of like I said a warm audience I can't imagine trying to launch something like that out into the universe and not having a very big following or community that already knew me I think that's what helped me so much once I finally did but fear of failure everybody has that fear of messing up and my launch was messy it was ugly even though I had been in your fruit since the beginning and knew what I was supposed to be doing um it was still messy and that's okay you were holding yourself back a little bit I think because you you said and you said to me you had fear of disappointing others like was that fear that they would get their box and be disappointed in it is that what you were fearing exactly that was my biggest fear is okay I've put all this out here I've been ramping it up and really chatting about it with my people what if they get it and they're like this stinks I don't like it you know and that's like oh my gosh because I was so scared from the moment I sent that box out for shipment I'm not kidding you I had to put Imodium in my daily regimen because I was so nervous that they wouldn't like it mm-hmm. and until I, it got in their hands and I started getting the reviews and them coming back. Oh, I love this. This is great. I'm so excited about this. I was like, okay, David, you can breathe now. But um, I am a people pleaser by nature. And to disappoint somebody or, you know, I'm one of those people I can't say no to anything. It, um, it kills me. And I sit there and dwell on it. And then the thought of cancellations, once they start coming in and the people are going to cancel for different reasons and I think you like you said it's rarely because of me yes or the box it's their own situations sometimes it may be the box and that's okay it's just not them they're not my people it's it's all good you Mm -hmm. have to accept that it's not failure when you get that first cancellation it's okay but I take that opportunity with the customers when they when they cancel to really dive in okay why why did you cancel the box? Is there something I can do that's going to better it for future subscribers? Or if you want to come back at a later date, I really want to know why. 
Um, now I have handed that off to my VA because to handle a little bit better because when I got my first cancellation last week, I was like, oh no, here it here, is. We're here it to, is. It's going down the tubes. It's <laughs> air, all 150 subscribers going to cancel now. <laughs> it's so, off the rails. One person canceled. Shut it down. Shut it down. That's what you're telling yourself because all those then, fears are now coming true in your head. And you're like, why did I even do this? One person canceled. <laughs> and immediately I emailed my VA. I said, take, take it over. I don't want it. If it's something I need to see, fine. But really dive in and try to get the reasoning in a nice way. We're not going to say, oh, this is the best doc ever. You're never going to get a better box. No, I want to know why, it, you know, it, what I can do to better it for everybody else. So you went through this, this fear of failing. Mm -hmm. You went through the fear of not being good enough. You went through the fear of disappointing your subscribers. You went through that fear of cancellations and then, oh my gosh, it came true. Somebody canceled because that that's pretty much going to happen mm -hmm. <laughs> every single yeah. month. That's the nature of our business. And then you say you went through the, you go through the fear of being successful and growing. And I know that, um, on one of my previous podcasts, when I interviewed Cheryl, she was scared of having too many subscribers. And I think that's a natural fear for us. Like, can we handle it? Can we take care of them? Are we going to be a hot mess? Are, is our box going to be a hot mess when we get that big? Like, how do we handle being successful? So you went, you went from being afraid to start it. Now you're, now you're in this fear of, oh gosh, is this going to grow? And so all these things are happening, but I, but there's something else that was happening while you're doing this. You're, you're testing some things. And I watched you test a few one-time boxes. I watched you touch um, so in some different markets. Can you walk through like what you did? You're like, okay, I'm going to try a one-time box. What did you do then? Okay. It came to finally in March of this year. I really started diving into my customers, sending out emails, doing research. I feel doing, like it started before then. Did you do some kid boxes last summer? I did. Okay. I did a kid box. It was, yeah, it was last year because of the pandemic. The kids were at home and everything. So I did a one-time kids box and it went great. They loved it, but my heart went into it. And, and how you, you thought for a hot minute, you might turn that into a subscription, right? You thought I did. this might be my thing, but then you're, you're saying you realized that that wasn't what you loved. Yeah. I realized really quickly. I love kids. I'm not saying I don't like kids. <laughs> I'm saying the kids box was not my gig. And here's the thing. If your heart's not into it, you're not going to be able to sustain it and find the joy that you need to get back from doing it for everybody else. Yeah. So then we fast forward to this spring yeah, and you started I, to figure out like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get over my fears. I've been on this journey. It's like time to do it or get out. Like, let's do something with this. So tell me, walk me through what happened this spring. Well, you kept pushing us in the group to make a deadline. Okay, here, we're going to launch everybody set a date for this month or this quarter. You're going to launch a box. Um, for crafters, probably the best time to launch a box is right before fall, before you get into the fourth quarter, all the holidays that came. But for me, already being in the craft business, it is crazy pants to try to start something new during fourth quarter because you are so, so busy. That came and left. And then January, I said, it's going to be January. 
it's going to be January. January came and I made every excuse in the book not to do it. And then in February, I started sending emails. I'm like, okay, you're paying for this subscription and this training. Why are you wasting this kind of money when you wouldn't go out and spend that much money on clothes for yourself? So why are you paying for it? You got to do something with it or just stop altogether and forget about it. So I started asking my customers, what do you want? What do you want? What kind of box would you want? How many paints would you, would you want paints in it? Would you want all the supplies? Do you want basic supplies? Do you want monthly? Do you want a quarterly? Do you, I asked them everything and I hounded them <laughs> and they came back. They all wanted a tear tray DIY box decor. Now I never jumped on the tear tray bandwagon. I'm like, so they're, so they're telling you some, they want something that you weren't even offering. Is that right? Absolutely. I did not offer them. They've been asking me for probably five months to start offering DIY tear tray kits. I'm like, no, I don't even have a tear tray. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but overwhelmingly, they came back and said, this is what we want. I'm like, oh, so I make the trip to Hobby Lobby. I get a tear tray and I come home and I develop an Easter kit. And I said, okay, I'm going to put 50 boxes of this out. We're going to test this and see. And they sold out like in a snap. And that was a one-time box you tested? One time. Okay. One time. No commitment. There's, if this no. doesn't work, you just got a bunch of Easter things laying around. No big deal. You're going to test it with a one-time box. I love that. And so here's what else I want to talk about. You went to them and you said, what can I give you? What can mm -hmm. I give you? What do you want from me? And I think so many times as entrepreneurs or even e-commerce businesses, we think we, we just need to find what we want to sell and then we go sell it to people. But that's not how it works. And especially someone like you, you've got a big audience. And if you can just give them what they want, it's going to be so much easier than doing something and finding a new audience for. So if you have an audience already, just talk to them, just ask them. They will tell you, they will tell you all the things. I mean, did they tell you they wanted paint? Did they tell me what they told you in all your research? They told me, okay, when you, the DIY community, let me say this. We are, I don't want to say we're cheap, but we are frugal. We feel like we can make everything. We can make it cheaper than you can buy it. We want to make it our own to go with our house. They didn't want paints, which was a big stress relief for me. Who wants mm -hmm. to ship paints? They didn't want paints. They didn't want stains. They wanted the goods mm -hmm. and they wanted to, for me to teach them how to create with these kits and what they can do with it. So the biggest thing was they told me everything. I think and I just the, had to implement it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that we think we have to give them all the things, but you know, as well as I do and anybody else that crafts out there that we have all that stuff. We are hoarders of these supplies. We have more ribbon than you could ever need for anything. We have more paint than you could ever need. We have all the things. We don't want more of that. And, and like you said, there, we would think we can make everything cheaper than what we can buy it for. So why would we want to spend a bunch of money to buy paints that we have sitting on our shelf behind us? And so I think that's just great. And, and it saves you so much time. It's so much labor that you don't have to pour paint, ship paint, have damages in the mail, all the things that people think they have to jump through all these hoops to provide. But really, they want the stuff that they couldn't go get themselves. They want the Debbie Pool original designs 
cut for them, delivered to their door, right? Right, right. And my people, like I said, they told me exactly what they wanted. All I had to do was implement it. And I saw somebody in our launcher box group the other day asked the question. She was getting tripped up over the paint deal, shipping paints. And how do you tell your customers you're not going to offer that? You just don't offer it. You don't mm -hmm. give an option. Don't let that trip you up for just getting your box out. DIY people, most time they want to make it their own. They're not going to use the paints and colors that you supply them anyways. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, you've sent out your Easter box. You sold out so fast. You're like, okay, this is legit. I'm, I think I can do this. Tell me how you set up your launch and what happened. Well, one thing with the Easter kit, I'll say, I only did 50 boxes and I cut them before I even offered them. I had them ready to go thinking, okay, 50. Um, we'll probably sell 30. We'll be all right. And then I can pedal the other 20 off. They sold off like that. And then I was faced with the question, do I offer more? Do I go out there and cut another 50? Because I can sell that. But no, I didn't because it created a little FOMO for them. Yes. That if they didn't get it then, they're not going to get it, which is leading me into this box. It's genius, Debbie. You created this urgency. You created this scarcity. You were setting them up to know that if once you launch your subscription, they had to get it right away because you weren't just going to keep cutting and cutting these things because you very well could have. You probably could have made a lot more money on that one-time box, but it was a genius marketing move because you were training them to get in as soon as you offered it. And that's genius. Yeah. So that went like that. I immediately contacted my VA. I said, okay, we're going to launch this thing. And I've been talking to her about it for a year and a half. I said, we're going to launch it. This was, these went out beginning of March. I said, we're going to launch April 1st. This is it. We're going to do it. Get me a subscription app. Give me, you know, all this stuff. Let's just do it. Here's some emails I want to send out. Let's do it. So um, I didn't have a wait list. That's okay. I, you had I warmed them up. You, they were I ready. didn't have a wait list. I didn't have any Facebook ads and I didn't run any ads for this. I just every day dripped a little on my social media about this. When I was going live, I would talk about this. The only thing I did do is I already have a texting service in place which is great. If you don't, I highly suggest getting you a texting. People will look at that before they'll look at their inbox and their email a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, I put them on a wait list on there. That's the only thing I did. I said, if you're interested, text Trey to this number. So I knew who in my texting list is interested and really want the information. You had that hot list of people that you knew all you had to do was send one text to and they were ready to sign up. Yes. And, and that's the thing with all these people were begging me to make more of the Easter kits. And I didn't, I said, no, get on here. If you're interested in this sort of box, cause I'm launching it. And that, that's the thing I put it out there for universe. I gave breath to the idea. I told everybody it is launching. It is time. It's going to happen. So we got everything in place, but I was only going to launch with hundred boxes. Okay. I cut everything. I had the boxes ready to go for launch day. Launch day came and I was not nervous about this. My assistant who got all the, a bunch of the tech stuff <laughs> in place, she was a nervous wreck. I needed to pass her the modium. I just felt like it was a big win for me to finally, we're doing it. Yeah. I felt like I'd already won no matter how many sold I had won. 
that fear was gone. You were confident in this decision because you had taken the time to test it. You knew it was going to work. You knew it was what they wanted. You'd ask them over and over. They told you all the things you were more than ready. It just took a little time to get there. And so you launch, tell me what happened. (laughs) Launch day came. We had the email. I told them, I said, actually, I did offer it one day prior to all the people who had ordered the Easter kit and was okay. so loving everything about it. I gave them first dibs. The next morning, I dripped it to all those people who had texted me Trey. Okay. And then it was going to go out to the masses, whatever was left later that afternoon when I did my live. I woke up at 7 a.m. And we had already sold the zonkers. There wasn't many left. I thought, oh dear, I haven't done a live. I haven't, my You haven't even email, announced it yet, right? <laughs> my main email hasn't even gone out. I haven't put on my Facebook that it's open, nothing. I thought, oh dear, I have to go live now. I have to address this right now. And I got on <laughs> Facebook live in my house cope. Don't even think I had a bra on yet. <laughs> and with my coffee, no makeup, haven't brushed my hair. And I just looked at him, I said, this is what's happening. I did not expect this, but there's only a handful left. So they sold out and I immediately got off there. Once my VA said, we're sold out, I just started falling crocodile tears and thinking, okay, it really worked. Mm -hmm. So um, launched with a hundred. And one thing I've done to help with my fear of growth and getting too big more than I can handle, because I'm a one man band here. I am the one cutting, I'm the one shipping, I'm the one doing everything, which I need to address that. (laughs) Definitely, it's time to hire. But every month, I add on 20 or 25 boxes. I open that up and send that out to the wait list that I now have in my email and my texting, and they fill up the past two months. So right now I'm at 150. So that's how I'm kind of controlling the growth so I don't feel the overwhelm. Yes. I know you got a little emotional when you were talking about your launch day and it feels like this long journey that you've been on to create something super special, but you didn't know what it looked like this when you first started. And it's a long journey and it's a hard journey. And any entrepreneur that's listening to this, they know that feeling. It's like you've birthed a baby and you're sending this baby Mm -hmm. out into the world and you just it's, it's amazing. And I just want to tell you that I'm super proud of you. You've pushed through all the hard things. There's a ton of times that you could have just given up and said, I'm not going to do this. I'm doing fine. You have a great business and you sell a lot of things all the time. Um, but I want you to tell me like what this has done for your business. What has this done for you? What does this look like for your future? What the, my plans right now, when I launched I went ahead and set up a separate domain for createhappybox.com aside from my daily business, thepaintwood.com in hopes that someday I might be able to sell off the day job, thepaintwood.com mm-hmm. and just do a box, mm-hmm. just concentrate on that one thing. And absolutely, because all the people who gets the box, We get in a private community on Facebook. We craft together. I bring, you know, uh, other creatives in, guest artists to come in and craft and have fun with us. 
And it's so much easier yes. loving on a smaller community than $37,000 or 37,000 people on my Facebook page trying to figure out what they want. Yeah. These people are telling me what they want. They're telling me kits and themes that they would like for down the road. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at. It's allowed me not to pedal and push the daily sell so much and just concentrate on this one project for these great people who's invested in me. Yes. And I, I feel that so much because I'm kind of in that stage too, where if I didn't sell anything, I still have a seven figure income from my subscription boxes. Like literally I could work a couple of weeks a month and be, be done and not have to show up and sell stuff, not have to buy stuff that I don't know if it's going to sell or for you make stuff or cut stuff that you don't know is going to sell. And so it's that freedom. It's that freedom that it gives you that you can pack hundreds of subscriptions in a short amount of time, hundreds of orders versus one off here. You're cutting one here. You're cutting one here. You're making a design here. And so it allow you to just breathe. It allows you to breathe a little bit, enjoy that community that you have. I mean, my subscribers are, I just, I feel like they're my, all my friends. Like, and it's weird to say that because some of them live across the country and I don't even know them, but they, I feel so deeply connected to them. And I know that you do too. And you're going to feel that more and more because you're just in month three, like wait till you get into your year number two. And these people have been with you for a long time. And I, I think that's why you're so special to me. Like you came in when I first started this thing, you're you took a chance on me not knowing what I was doing, or I didn't even know what I was doing back then. And that's exactly what these original hundred are for you. They're your originals and they're going to be with you a long time. And they're going to keep helping you with ideas and telling you what they want. And, and you're going to, you're going to really grow with them. And this subscription is going to grow with them. And it's going to give you freedoms, freedoms that you may not have had before in your business, financial freedom, um, freedom to choose what when and will, when and why you want to show up and sell because you've got, you've got the income coming into your business that you don't have to literally like we have to show up to pay our rent every day. Like we got the rent is due every day in our, in our small businesses. And so when you can have that buffer of knowing that that's going to be there every month, it's, it's amazing the weight that it takes off of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for me that my biggest gain from this is just the community of ladies who is in this group. They, I feel like they are my ride or die people. They will just have my back on anything. I see them showing up in my social media. If I post something, people don't like it. They're nasty. They're like, hey, they're all, they're just taking up for me. And I'm like, you're my girls. Yeah, that's your people right there. I yeah. love it. I love the whole thing. And I love how you just pushed through those fears and you finally said, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. And I've got to make a decision one way or the other. I've been sitting on the fence for a long time and it's time, it's time to go. And now I want to talk about what, what fears do you have now? We're in the stage where I saw in the group, you were, you were talking about cancellation. So it happened. You had the cancellation and I know you understand that that's going to happen every month, but what's the new fear? What's the fear now that you need to push through? Uh, I thought about this the other day. My fear now is, okay, these people signed up for a monthly DIY tier tray kit. Yep. What's going to happen after they've been here a year and they've got pretty much every season and holiday in their stash. Are they going to continue? 
So I was thinking the other day, all right, well, why not launch another box? <laughs> Let's just hook, fun, and seeker these people in again. So that's my biggest issue is how is this going to sustain? But then I also got to thinking, well, if they get tired of it, they might cancel and they probably will cancel at that point. But I can. You're going to bring new people, people in. Yes. yes. And here's the thing. So this month I'm sending out my fifth patriotic box. How many patriotic teas do you need in your wardrobe? People are still subscribing. They want the newer thing. They want the next thing. And yes, people will cancel. Yes. They have a lot of bags. They have a lot of t-shirts. They have a lot of earrings, but they want something new and fresh. And I think it's the same way with the tier tray. When I pull out my Easter tier tray for next year, and then you've got a new Easter kit I would definitely show them how they can incorporate the new pieces and the old pieces together. How can they repurpose some of the pieces and use them other places if their tray is full? Like how could you make a little vignette over here on your mantle with some of the pieces? How could you make a little um, setting on your, the, your little entryway table? Like show them how they can use the pieces because they'll want to incorporate them with their pieces from last year. And I would I would talk about that every time I'm doing a new seasonal box, I would bring in the old pieces and show them how they can work together so that someone that already has the old pieces doesn't feel like they need to cancel. They want to keep using this. You can use these in different places, not just on your tray, or this is going to make your tray, you know, up-leveled and 10 times better because you have more pieces than just the new people. So I don't think you have to worry that 12 months and someone's done, I think you just show them how to keep reusing those things and, and they're going to want new things. Like even my, my door hangers and things that I display, I want new stuff all the time. I don't want to put the same old one up all the time. So you just got to use that and show them how they, how they can incorporate that into their decor. That is such great advice. And you're so right. And the ladies, I, you know, I'm there to teach them how to paint and create with these things but they're teaching me there's ladies who signed up for this box who didn't even have a tear tray and still don't have a tear tray they are using these pieces in wreaths in little shelves and everywhere on their home and I think yes fabulous Yes. And keep sharing them in your community because when someone sees those different ideas, it might spark an idea for them too. Like, oh, I have a place like that in my house. I can put some of that stuff there. So just keep, keep showing up and showing them how they can repurpose it. One of the biggest things that I teach inside the membership is how to get them to consume the contents, right? Because if they stay in the box and people don't consume them or they feel like they have too much, they're going to cancel. So if you can show them different ways to consume these items in different areas of their home, they're going to be ready for more. They're going to be ready for that next Easter, um, Easter kit because they're thinking of all the different places they can put these pieces in their home. Yeah, that's great advice, Sarah. And that's what I love about your group. You as a mentor, you are so relatable. You give such great advice. You think in ways that we don't. When we come to you with a problem, you are such a problem solver. <laughs> and it is such a huge help to all of us that's in the group. Oh, I appreciate that. I just love, I love our community. Can I just say, you're talking about your community. I love our community. It is one of the best things that has ever happened to me and ever happened to Launcher Box. I think it's, 
it's amazing how people show up for each other, how people show up for me, just the way you were talking about how, how your community is showing up for you. And it's just something you can't find everywhere. Like you don't find a community like that everywhere. So when you have this community, you've built this community, you just keep them strong, keep loving on them, keep, keep up-leveling their experiences. And they're going to be with you a long time. You had every reason to commit to to cancel launcher box. You had every reason to leave my community because you weren't doing what you were paying every month to learn how to do, but you stayed and you got, you moved past those fears. And I'm just so excited for your future with your box and your business and your life, because we talk about how this affects our business, but really it changes our life. Like when we can count on the revenue, like it's just, it's life changing and you're going to grow and you're going to grow you're going to have bumps in the road. We all do. You're going to work through them and you're just going to look back on this day, maybe even this podcast. And you're going to be like, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I started my subscription and I got past my fears. What would you say to anyone listening today that has some of those fears? What would you tell them? Fear is just a four letter word. You control how you let that get in your head. And I, I know I am that person. I let the fear of everything talk me out of everything. You have to push past that. It's just a word. Get by it. Things are going to go wrong. They are going to go wrong. You're going to mess up. And that's okay. That's a part of the learning process. If you start out perfect right out of the gate, how are you going to learn from that? How are you going to grow from that? Um, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be fearful, but just do it scared. Do it scared. And learn. Every one of those mistakes is a learning thing. The biggest fear that I always live with is, what if I don't do this? What could have happened if I didn't do this? I don't, I don't have a fear of failure. I failed plenty of times, but I have a fear of what if I don't take that chance on myself? What could have happened that I didn't let happen because I was too afraid? And so that's the fear that I always live by. Like, just do it. If it fails, oh, well, move on to the next thing. You know, you had the kids thing. You tried it. It went well. You didn't really like it. You moved on and you moved past that. And I love that. Debbie, how can they find you? They want to come follow you. Um, they might need a tear tray. How can they find you? If you are interested in the tear tray kit, go to createhappybox.com. All the information there and get on the wait list. Yes. Get the wait list. All right, Debbie. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. We'll see you guys next week on the next episode. If the idea of creating a subscription box is swirling around in your head, I encourage you to head over to launchyourboxwithsarah.com, get on our wait list, and grab some of our free downloads to help you get started. That's launchyourboxwithsarah.com.